I think I'm recording. Yep, I'm recording. So, <laughs> party! We have an end of you party. We need to have a talking and common Christmas party. I know. Next Friday, oh, yeah. we're going out for dinner. Oh my God. We're going what out timing? for dinner next Friday. Oh, that could be our All right. celebration, season two celebration party. Let's go. Welcome to Talking in Common, a podcast of all things lifestyle, family, relationships, well-being, kids and culture. This is not a how-to, but an insight into the lives of ourselves and others and how we all manage to get by. Hosted by myself, Kate Gadinsky, and my co-host, Sophie Panton. Take a listen and let's find out what we all have in common. Welcome it's back. Our final episode. <laughs> and we're not even recording together and we're not in a lockdown. What is wrong with us? Well, like we talk about a little bit later in this episode with a special sharing is caring guest, we're all germaphobes and no, you very, I appreciate it. You very kindly said this morning, your girls have both got a little cold, so it's best not to bring it over. So don't worry, people, they have been COVID tested and it is all negative, but they do have a sniffle and these days you don't want to go anywhere with a sniffle. Yeah, you're like crucified if you cough or sneeze in public <laughs> these days. It's so awkward, isn't it? Like God forbid you send your child out to school with a runny nose. Anyway, here we are. Seriously. Our very last episode of season two. We have had an absolute ball. We have. And thinking back, Soph, just quickly before we talk a bit about this season and all that it has been and everyone we've chatted to and everything we've enjoyed and learnt. Can you believe that we have now officially done two seasons of Talking in Common? Who are we? Like we did We're it. seasoned podcasters now. It's amazing. You can officially, I'm so proud yeah, of us. I'm proud of us too. I've loved, I've loved going through this experience with you as always. Again, we've learnt so much. We've learnt so much about each other. We've laughed. We've cried. We've everything in between. It's just awesome. It's so much fun and, you know, it's so cool connecting with people about different experiences that you're going through and learning different things that they've experienced and it's just really f- fulfilling in that in that way. I know and pardon the pun but it is so nice to see that we actually have so much in common with every single guest that we've had on, whether it be male or female, doesn't matter, you know, what what their background is what their careers have been, who they are as people, we all have so much in common and I've loved exploring exploring that throughout all of our guests and even just, you know, with our conversations with each other. Like we always learn stuff about each other as well, which is nice. Yeah, parenting really has so much to say about bringing people together, doesn't it? So what's been going on lately? What's happening? <sighs> Look, you know what? It's nice. We've got a bit of normality back. It's heading into silly season. Well, it kind of already is like silly season, you know, starting to catch up with people and use the good old excuse that it's Christmas and have a merry old time. And I love the chaos of this time of year. Me too. Mm, it's fun. I love the chaos. I'm dressed for a summer holiday. Did you notice? <laughs> Pretty grey outside. <laughs> I think you're jumping <laughs> jumping a bit ahead of yourself, but I love it. I love it. It's like Kermit the Frog. Green. You're channeling yeah, today, babe? I know. I just bought love this it. new hat and it literally just arrived. I was like, I am so wearing this. I'm going away for the weekend. So I'm like pre- prepping myself. Love it. Suits you. Thanks, babe. Suits you. 
So what else has been happening? Well, I know kind of what we have in common this week because we cannot do an episode without talking about what we have in common because it wouldn't be talking in common then, would it? So what do we have in common? Well, what about our little at-home facial we did this week together? Oh, so cute. How fun. I was loving that shit. You were loving yourself (laughs) sick. You were like, oh, my God, my my skin feels amazing. Who would have thought if I actually washed my face, cleansed and put on a mask, I would look this amazing. I mean, you look beautiful and amazing every day anyway, but the glow was a next level. It actually just was so mind-bending to me that like I fully felt like. (laughs) Mind-bending? Yeah, I was like, I can't believe I could achieve this at home. Yeah, so we did this little at-home facial together, which we'll share all over our Instagram so you guys can see what we did. But we just did this like simple, how many steps was it? Four steps? step sort of yeah I think it was about four I think we it was like the good double cleanse it was this pretty cool exfoliating mask and then like a sheet mask and then a charcoal mask which was pretty Mm. cool so yeah like I'm not very good at counting clearly I just said all the steps yeah four I think think about four Um, steps let's go with four but I was so glowy for the rest of the day and I just like I felt like I'd had a full-on facial and I just, yeah, I was so mind blown that that was achievable at home. Who would have known? And our newfound obsession with the rose quartz glass that <laughs> I was loving that thing. Quite I've been wanting to get one. <laughs> rubbing on our faces. We did each other. It was quite sensual, darling. I know. I did, Joe. I did. I, I mean, I, to be honest, I have had one for a little while and I've only been using it on my face. I didn't know that you use it that far down your chest, but I got to experience it on your chest, which was quite a treat. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've got a very, very basic skincare routine. It pretty much entails splashing my face with water and occasionally putting on moisturiser. I do wear sunscreen. I do wear sunscreen because I'm pretty aware. I have a bit of sun damage already and I have – and I'm pretty aware of that. But it's funny because um, someone once said to me, like I met this older lady that was a customer in my mum's store that I used to work in and she was an older lady and I commented on how beautiful her skin was and she said to me, all I do is wash it with warm water morning and night. So I really took that like really literally and really on you board. You sure she didn't get any, any, anything else done to her face? She was face. probably lying. <laughs> probably had a facelift. Yeah, we'll never know. <laughs> but, yeah, like I encourage you guys to, you know, treat yourselves to a bit of extra care sometimes. Like not only was it really nice for your skin but it was a really nice – experience and it's just really lovely to treat yourself and love yourself sometimes like we all need that as and simple things you can do at home too like we didn't even have to actually go into a salon to kind of have that self-care and and do something that actually felt quite indulgent Mm, mm. and it was nice that we could do it together as well and I left your house feeling pretty zen I reckon was lovely. We actually, we were like giggling like teenagers. Like we felt like we were having some like <laughs> teenage sleepover or something. Could have like curled up with a movie and a box, box of popcorn Aww. after that. I was thinking last night, I was giving Honey a bath and she left a special little surprise in the bath for me when Ooh. she was finished. And it reminded me. <laughs> Gotta love that. It reminded me of this funny incident recently when Aiden and Honey and I were all having a little shower together and we sat down on the floor so honey could sort of splash around with us and honey was so delicious she sort of like 
clambered up on Aiden and was like, daddy, daddy cuddle, daddy cuddle, and just sat on him <laughs> with her arms wrapped around his neck and just, you know, with her head nestled in and just sort of sat there for a few minutes cuddling him. And you know how yeah, rare- I know where this is going. <laughs> you know how rare those moments are with like a one-year-old? Like, yeah. You know, you sometimes you get like a two-second cuddle or a two-second kiss and then they're off, shooting off to do the next thing. So we were just like enjoying how beautiful this little moment was. And then she sort of starts to hop off and we're both like, what's that? What's that smell? <laughs> and then she she hops off and she's like, uh-oh. And then she's left this darling little dollop on his lap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's always a um, enjoyable experience when you Shat get on. weed on or pooed on, <laughs> yes, or like, you know, or when your kids are having a bath and one of them decides to poo in the bath oh, because it's so gross. Yeah, it's out. like total classic example of like the paradox of parenthood like the beautiful moments and then you know mind the punch the real shitty moments at the same time literally shitty moments actually it's so true one of our other friends was saying to me the other day there is no equilibrium in parenthood it's either like the amazing highs or the serious lows exactly it's just there is no in no. between but you know what's funny and you just reminded me of that we actually spoke about kids and poo on our first guest episode this season oh God, with Feb. We Actually, sorry, we didn't speak about it with Feb, but I think we spoke about it in our intro <laughs> chat. So here we are again. Talking about months shit. Months later, still talking about kids and shit. <laughs> I don't think it ever goes away <laughs> until you grow out of the early. Not much has changed, no. You know, the early parenting young kid stage. But, yeah, we are here today to recap this amazing season that we've done and talk about some of the highs and not that we really had lows, but. We talked about some pretty deep topics and we definitely explored some more sticky conversations and sticky topics, which we actually had some really beautiful connections with our listeners around and some really nice feedback on, you know, being open and honest about those sort of topics. We talked about mental well-being. We talked about, you know, your experience with grief. We talked about... Um, Sex. Sex, baby. <laughs> yeah, we got in there. We gave it a crack. We really did. We did. We, we really did get in there deep this season. And as you just said, it was so nice actually to get so much feedback from our listeners this time around, like so much more than season one, and just to hear their perspectives on things and to hear that they could resonate with a lot of what we were saying and, you know, getting other people's opinions. So that that was great. Like I feel like we've really connected with our little community, which I've loved. Yeah, it's so fulfilling for us to know what people are resonating with and what they're enjoying and what they're connecting to and, you know, it helps us understand what things are important to people and what people do want to hear. Continue to do that. We absolutely love it. I didn't ask you before we pressed record today, I don't know if you're in the mood, but did you want to talk, did you want to touch on you know, your sort of grief journey and where you're at now or? You know, I think it, it would make sense to to touch on it because that's where we started our season off was talking about my experience with grief and obviously at that stage it was still very early on, kind of still feels like it is, but it has been quite a few months. So I think, oh God, I mean, it's still a, it's still a roller coaster. It's, it's, I still don't understand it. There's still so many different emotions and it's confusing and it's difficult every day. But I think as much as I have really 
learnt. It doesn't get any easier with time. I do find that I'm slowly learning to adapt and maybe be slightly more in control of my bad days or when I am having, you know, high levels of anxiety. And I think, you know, I'm at a point now where I'm acknowledging to myself that it's okay to retreat sometimes and have a shit day or have a shit week. And you've just kind of got to, you're just going to surrender to it, I think, give in and and just roll with it because there's nothing else that you can do. But I think, which we've spoken about a lot throughout the season, you know, having that supportive person or people in your life to talk to sometimes when you just need to say how you feel is like that's crucial to anyone experiencing grief or if you know someone experiencing grief, you know, just being there for them and letting them talk about it. And that kind of brings me towards toxic positivity, which we spoke about as well throughout the season because that can really take over grief. Yeah. And I think as we've spoken about before, that thing of, oh, it could be so much worse or you get yourself in this like shit circle of thinking, oh, at least – at least I got to spend this many years with my dad or someone will say, think about the beautiful memories you have or these things that people say or you say to yourself that they come with good intentions but they're actually not acknowledging the way that you feel. So sometimes it's nice to just be able to say how you feel and talk about it. Yeah, it's just not it's just not okay to try and back up someone's deep emotional experience with like a but or at least or you know, um, I think. And we all do it. We all do it. Like I catch myself doing it sometimes. But Yeah, I mean it is, yeah, I remember now the topic of the toxic positive positivity and we actually had a lot of people sort of like reach out and, and mention how they really appreciated that conversation because I think we do all do it. Like we all do sort of practice this thing of like we have to be grateful, like, you know, life's not so bad. Life could be so much life worse. Life could be worse. I'm privileged. Yes, we're privileged. Don't complain, all this sort of stuff. But it does not take away the natural human emotions and we have to let those emotions be felt and be and, and be processed or you bottle up, you know, all this negative energy and negative emotions and it can come out in really nasty ways. It was really interesting. I really enjoyed the conversation between you and Mick Fanning. Mick was our most previous episode and he's had a lot of loss in his life. He's lost two of his brothers and, yeah, I really enjoyed the conversation between you and him regarding his experience with grief. One thing that really resonated with me and that's kind of stayed with me that Mick said was that all the memories and all the fun times and all the great things that you ever did, they're always yours. Yes, that was beautiful. And that's really stayed with me because that's not – the way that he was saying it wasn't in a way of like, you know, just think back to all your memories. It got me really thinking, well, do you know what? Like as much as it doesn't make me feel any better that I've got those those memories and I, I don't miss my dad any less, but I will always have those memories and they're mine and no one can take them away from me. Yeah, it was just a beautiful perspective on it. Yeah, so I really feel like I connected a lot with Mick on that and I think – just that episode because it was just so close to what I've been experiencing, I think, what he was talking about. Grief is a long shit journey <laughs> and, um, yeah, you know, you have your good and your bad days and 
as I said, you, I guess, learn to kind of adapt and, and live with the new, but it doesn't get any easier. I think that's a really honest perspective on it. Good on you for being so honest and open about that throughout the season and in that very first episode, if you're a new listener and you listener and you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode one. I do recommend though, psychologist, if you are going through grief, and I do recommend if you suffer from high levels of anxiety as well, that focusing on breath work is really, really beneficial because that both those things have helped me a lot. Well, speaking of Mick Fanning, we were like determined after season one to have some dads as guests this season and we had not one but two (laughs) and we bookended them. We had Brendan Favola, Fev as our very first, was he our first guest episode? He was our first guest episode, yeah. Fev was great. Yeah, Fev was great. (laughs) He was great. He was actually one of our most popular episodes, (laughs) wasn't he? Like not surprised. You all loved Fev. Yeah, you all loved Fev. I mean, he's popular, like, you know, he's a household name and he's and he's very popular, but we loved talking to him about things that we don't usually hear him talk about. And he totally gushed about his partner, Alex, and his girls. And, you know, if you follow him on Instagram or on social media too, you'll see how much of a invested dad he is and how hands-on and how involved he is with all his girls' life. And it's just, I just find it so funny that he has so many girls in his life and he's a footy player. Like, it's it's just quite funny. As much as he's, you know, quite quite humorous and a bit of a larrikin. All of that, a real larrikin. He was a real open book, I have to say, and he really was so open and honest with us and he he showed a lot of vulnerability as well, which is not always an easy thing to do. He shared a lot with us about, you know, some of the struggles and the hard times that he's gone through like with his own mental health and with all the things that happened throughout his football career and yeah, it was, if you haven't listened, but you're listening to us now, I highly recommend going back and listening to Fev because it was a great episode. And one thing that I loved, which both of our dads who were bookend did say, was that the birth of their children being the greatest day of their lives. Like how beautiful. They both literally said that. Love the dads. Such and a- also, no, you go. No, no, you go. I was just going to say, also when Fev said that he fell in love with Mia before he fell in love with Alex. Yeah, so sweet. That was beautiful. Yeah, he was really, um, yeah, he was really heartfelt in his conversation and, yeah, so doting. It was so sweet. But, yeah, I can't believe they both literally said that. They both literally said it was the greatest day of their life. And, I mean, I feel like most parents can relate to that. But we were having a conversation afterwards and although I can definitely say that, you know, having Honey was – you know, maybe the greatest day of my life. I think it's a different experience for the female person yeah. giving birth <laughs> <laughs> because you don't sort of just get to sit back and witness and observe the miracle that it is. You're literally going through it. And another thing that we have sort of explored and learnt a lot about through our guest Cherise Buzzacott and the birth time documentary you know there's so much to learn about people's experience with childbirth and not everyone has a good experience like as we know now one in three women describe their birth experience as traumatic so as much as you come out with the love of your life and the most incredible day of your life at the end of it for many women they may not describe <laughs> no, that as the best day of their life the best day of their life because it might have been a really difficult experience. Labor is hectic. 
even if you don't have a traumatic experience, it's like. Yes, it's so, yeah, that's what I mean. Like I had a positive experience and now that I've done it, like it's definitely true. You forget all the pain and, you know, you, you your brain is bizarre the way it's wired just to forget all that pain. And that's why people keep going back for more. <laughs> yeah, it's very clever the way <laughs> we're, we're wired. Our human, well, yeah, how we're wired. But, yeah, like, I don't know, it's not as easy for me to say, like, it was the best day of my life because it was just so complex and extraordinarily life-changing and, you know, transformative and painful and scary and emotional. I know, there's so many different emotions that come with it and in the days following and the months and the years, it, it, mm, mm. it's a never-ending um Journey, journey. Love that word here, journey. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm very pro the word journey, clearly. <laughs> so what else were some highlights? Who else did we, I loved speaking with Asha. Oh, Asha, she was great. Asha Keddie. Yep. She's a beautiful soul and got lots to give. Great, Absolutely. great woman. Incredible actress as well. Loved her new series, Nine Perfect oh my God, Strangers. That, every episode literally had me on like edge at the end. I loved it. I was so hooked. But, yeah, it was it was full true. On. It was so like, yeah, it was so stressful to watch. I watched it like before I went to bed a few nights and I was like, like I can't, I can't sleep do that right anymore. Now. Like I can't sleep after that. Yeah. But no, Asha was a great chat and hearing all about not just her career and her childhood, but hearing about her as a mum and hearing about her relationship with her husband, Vincent, who um, has dyslexia and hearing about the way that Asha and Vincent kind of approach this and you know one thing that she sort of said was Vincent is so determined to bring awareness to the empowerment that he feels having now accepted that his brain works differently to the neurotypical one which is such a powerful statement and so important and you know we spoke with her a lot about we should be normalizing this not looking at someone who's got dyslexia as a deficit like it should be a celebration he's so unique everyone's so unique so yeah, and, and and he's an extraordinarily talented yeah, absolutely. artist. absolutely. So it is a gift. I think she described it as a gift and it is a gift in his case. Like he has this extraordinary talent and just because his brain works differently and him and so many others in society, yeah, we've got to stop looking at these things like like it's a problem, like it's a deficit. It's, it, it's not. It's, it's just everybody's different. We're all so different. There was actually a lot of interest in his story actually we need to get him on the pod I think <laughs> yeah I was gonna say I was like should I put it out there Vincent if you're listening we, we would love on. you on the podcast uh, yeah open invitation whenever you're ready but yeah no we had a lot of interest in him he's incredibly talented he's got an incredible story to tell and I think he would be a great guest so anyway you never know mm. who knows what could happen mm. for season three another thing that did come up in our conversation with Asha was talking a lot about intuition and trusting you know trusting your gut and which is something that you and I spoke a lot about throughout the whole season but also came up with a couple of our other guests as well Amanda Waldike being another beautiful guest we had on this season and she spoke a lot about understanding and trusting our bodies and listening to our intuition basically, which is something that I think we have stopped doing. It was great touching base with Amanda on that. She's um, 
what is she? She's a Chinese doctor. She's a fertility specialist. She knows a lot about the Chinese sort of health cultural ways and and history and a lot of that she shared with us, which has got to do with all of that sort of stuff like, you know, this innate wisdom that we all hold and, you know, I think she was sort of saying that we were all born we are all born brilliant and yet we don't sort of celebrate that and in our Western culture it's just not really like that conducive to this sort of concept and understanding. Like it's not a belief that we all withhold and follow and I think that's where so many of us, especially in parenting, just get a little bit lost along the way because there's only so many books you can read. There's only, only, only so many people you can ask for advice. But at the end of the day, like you really need to trust your gut. You need to tap into what's natural. You need to understand trust your own yourself. mind and body. You need, to, you need to trust yourself. You need to trust your own child as well and trust their innate wisdoms and their development and their way that they approach the world like it's you know we've just lost so much of that natural connection to to ourselves and to our to our minds and our bodies and our souls and and to the earth and it's and it's I feel like it's sort of inhibiting people's parenting styles sometimes not parenting styles parenting decisions and 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 that trust I think when when you and I spoke about that because we did an episode on this we kind of both said that when we do allow ourselves to tap into our intuition and listen to those gut feelings that often we're we're always right and that's when you yeah we did a whole episode on this on this topic too actually didn't we which we found quite meaty at the time like when we talked about it we were like you know we found, we actually found it once like we talked about it a lot like between ourselves and then when we actually did the episode, we were like, far out, that was actually a pretty meaty topic to like just have a general chit-chat about. More so than what we thought, I think. More so than what we thought, yeah. But but it was a really good one because, yeah, we did both sort of learn like that once you do start tapping into it, trusting it, allowing it to play a role in your everyday decision-making, you get the confidence to trust it more and more and then and that sort of, you know, that confidence builds. And another note, another thing that Amanda talked about, which if I think about it, I'd never really thought about this before, was the difference between being physically fit and fertility fit. I feel like I'd probably just thought, you know, if I'm healthy and I'm fit and I'm doing the right things, you know, I'm eating right and I'm exercising and I'm looking after myself, then that's the best kind of way to venture into a pregnancy, which, you know, in a lot of ways it probably is. But I'd recommend listening to Amanda's episode if you want to learn more about this. But it was so interesting. She's full of so much knowledge and she she really yeah. got me thinking completely differently to how I probably thought prior to talking to her. So the intricacies of our female anatomy that we just don't even really know about is just fascinating. And there is so much to know about about your health. And it isn't just being like physically fit and healthy there there's a lot that you can do for fertility health and there is a lot to learn um, so anyone on that journey I definitely would recommend getting into you know researching that and getting in tune with all of that sort of stuff I think that's can be hugely beneficial I know these days like there's so many ads on the radio or on the tv about IVF being the sort of second option if you're not falling pregnant but I think there's a lot to say about 
you know, just learning and understanding your body and maybe IVF doesn't have to be the next step. For some people, of course, that have issues and, and, and absolutely it is and it's a miracle that we have this technology that, you, that, you know, that we, can, that we can access. But, yeah, I think understanding our bodies as well is just as important and a, and a vital key to falling pregnant naturally if it's not just kind of happening, happening immediately. We had so many awesome guests. I feel like we're so... We had our beautiful friend Bianca on, who's a midwife and sleep consultant. She was beautiful. She shared her story of having postnatal depression after both of her children were born. We were so grateful that she wanted to come on and and openly share that with us because that wouldn't have been an easy thing for her to do. So if you're listening, Bianca, we love you and we appreciate you doing that. I think, you know, she spoke a lot about being a midwife herself, how she just put so much extra pressure on herself in regards to childbirth and breastfeeding and all these things that we go through once we become mums. And I don't think it it matters, as she said, like it does not discriminate just because she's a midwife and just because she knows about childbirth and she knows about babies. It doesn't mean her experience is going to be easy. Yeah, we learned that because we had um, another midwife on. We spoke to two midwives this season, Bianca and then Cherise as well, and they both had experiences like that. Like they obviously have the knowledge and the education from a midwife point of view, but it doesn't mean their experience with childbirth and babies is going to be easy. And I think almost the pressure that is expected of them or of themselves makes it even harder I mean, Sharice's experience was a bit different. She, being an Aboriginal woman, she felt um, like she wasn't listened to and heard in the system, in the maternity care system, and which is even more mind-blowing because she is a midwife herself and she has all that amazing knowledge and her experience with, you know, her first experience with childbirth in the hospital system she was quite badly treated and not listened to and, and, and not treated well and so that was quite heartbreaking to hear for someone that is so educated and is so knowledgeable about exactly that and yet her experience was really unfair that was awful I learned a lot from our episode with Sharice and she has an such an incredible story that she shared with us and I'm so glad that we were able to get her on the podcast and connect with her Sharice is she's beautiful and I'm I'm feeling a bit teary listening, thinking back to her story, actually. Yeah, I know. Her personal stories were so heartbreaking, but yet she was so honest and almost had a really positive outlook on them as well, which was just huge credit to, to the person that she is. She was really inspiring in that sense, but I absolutely loved hearing about some of the cultural practices and cultural history that she talked about in her Aboriginal culture. She told us some birthing ceremony stories of how the men and women would almost be in like different camps and the men would sing the baby to arrive and then the mother wouldn't or the father wouldn't see the baby until the sort of postpartum. Until the bleed finished? Time was complete, until the bleeding had finished and the smoking ceremony, the sort of cleansing smoking ceremonies that she talked about for mothers and babies and it was just so beautiful to hear some of those historical ceremonies and 
also her experience working as a midwife out bush in remote communities and supporting the women that don't have as much access to maternal care and, you know, the amazing support that... Providing them with that continuity of care for when they come into the hospital. Which everyone deserves. Every woman deserves, you know. Everyone deserves the access and, and, and the care. It should be should be equal for every woman and every mother. So, yeah, we loved um, shedding some light on that and learning all about that. She was amazing. Go on. We had amazing guests. Oh, I can't believe this is our recap. I know how fun Who else? Elsa Pataki? Oh, Elsa. How can we forget Elsa? Another one of our most popular episodes. Our first A-lister. Oh, yes. Hello. (laughs) Married to the one and only Chris Hemsworth. (laughs) Elsa was beautiful. She was so chilled, so down to earth, like could have chatted to her for ages, couldn't we? Yeah, she was great. It was literally just like talking to an old friend. She was she was lovely and she was really refreshing. Like obviously she's really famous and obviously she would have a different experience of, you know, bringing up babies, but she was so like refreshingly normal, such a shit word to use, but... She just was so refreshingly honest and like when we asked relatable. Her, yeah, when we asked her, I think we said something like, how would you describe yourself as a mum? And she was kind of laughing and I think trying to, you know, find the words to say. And she was like probably at first I think she said something like a disaster and then she laughed but yeah. she talked about, yeah. you know, like us all, you have a baby, it's so hectic and so chaotic and she's like, you know, you try to go with the flow and it's all easy and, and then she's like because I'm so disorganised and then she's like after a while I just realised – I can't just go with the flow. Like I need to, I need to get some sort of routine in place. I mean, she had, she's got three kids and she's got twins. Sorry, three kids, including twins. I think we can all relate to that sort of idea though. Like, you know, before I had my first baby, I definitely looked at it like with that approach. I was like, oh, you know, whatever, I'll just continue my normally li- my normal life but bring the baby with me and I'll just yeah I'll just go with the flow and you know I'll be a cool calm and collected mum and then you maybe practice that for a while and then you learn the hard way kids in <laughs> like, the flow don't really go together kids not on a regular basis not but also kids and a plan don't go they so thrive it's just off chaos. routine they love to know what's coming next of course it's fun to like occasionally break away from the routine and and just you know, yeah, just go with the flow. But I think I've found anyway on a regular day-to-day basis you need you need a bit of organisation or we all just go crazy. That's the thing. It's being organised like because, you know, sometimes with kids as well, like you might have a plan but it doesn't always go to plan. But as long as you're organised and kind of prepared, prepared for the worst, that makes life a whole lot easier like – I've been through lots of different stages actually with like Honey over her last. She's almost two. She's not a baby anymore. She's she's a oh, full right. blown toddler We started now. this podcast when she was like six months or something. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, she's a full blown pod- toddler. Oh my God, is she a full blown toddler? She had like a full meltdown like, you know, lying on the pavement yesterday, kicking her legs, screaming, just like not knowing what she wanted. She's really in toddler mode. But, yeah, I've been through lots of different stages like the early baby stage where I've literally like got everything prepared in the bag no matter what scenario could play out and then I kind of went through the opposite where I'm like, oh, I just don't really need to take anything with me. We'll just kind of wing it and and then some sort of balance in between. You never need anything when you take it. 
You yeah, only need it when you don't so take true. it. <laughs> that is exactly right. So, yeah, it's like preparing for the worst that works, I think. But, yeah, and I think our last guest that we just haven't mentioned is Steph yes. McIntosh, who was another school friend of ours or, you know, family friend of yours from when you were young as well. And it was so nice to reconnect with her. I hadn't seen her for maybe almost 20 years, like 15 She's or 20 years She's a beautiful soul, Steph, isn't she? Yeah, she was so gorgeous to reconnect with. Funnily enough, we had a lot in common. But I loved hearing about her phantom pregnancy. I was convinced when she was telling the story. I was like, and oh then God. you had a baby and then you were <laughs> pregnant. She was like, well, actually, no, I wasn't pregnant yet, but the phantom pregnancy. I think we totally just like chose to hear what we wanted to hear and missed the word phantom yeah. altogether. Yeah. We're like, oh, oh how oh, cute, yeah. like gushing over her story. No, Steph was beautiful and hearing about her and I guess, you know, her lifestyle. She lives in LA and she's married to an Australian Oh, actually, no, they're not married. Sorry. Excuse me, Steph. Her partner is also Australian <laughs> and they have two beautiful girls, really similar ages to my beautiful girls. So it was sort of nice to, to talk about that. And, you know, Steph's really into her healthy lifestyle. She's really into meditating. So we connected with her on that. And her, her um, sort of holistic approach to her family health and well-being was really nice to hear too. She was sort of talking about not putting too much of her, you know, personal stuff onto her kids or her health or wellness journey onto her kids, like really just allowing them to be them and just sort of supporting them and being them. That felt like that was really a really great reminder to everyone with kids too like naturally I think we sort of put ourselves onto our children and put our fears and our and our energy onto them but they actually are a completely different person and they're their own human being a little individual yeah aren't we amazing we made them yeah I know wow mind blowing blowing. wow weird what did you say earlier mind bended mind bending yeah mind bending like I think it's that that word (laughs) you're so cool you're so hip and trendy right now Oh, I love it. I love it. So have we spoken about all of our guests? I think we have. have. We I mean, let's not forget. I hope we haven't forgotten someone, but I think we have because they're also memorable. But we also did some pretty cool episodes between ourselves too. We had some great sharing is caring guests. We really upped the ante with sharing is caring, connected with heaps of other people through that too. And with that said. I think we should. We should probably get into sharing is caring now. Final episode of season two. Today in sharing is caring. We thought it would be a nice way to incorporate the support and sponsorship Swiss provided this season for our Auslan interpreted videos and get some expert insight on health and wellness from Eliza Milsom. Yeah, and just quickly to mention as well, like if you're a new listener and you're not aware, we have had every single episode of this podcast translated into Australian Sign Language. It was something that we came up with the idea in Season 1 and we have pursued it and continued to to do it throughout Season 2 and we were just lucky enough to create this partnership and friendship with Swiss who supported us in having those filmed because... It's a lot of it's a lot of time and energy to get our interpreters to interpret, you know, these hour-long episodes. But we've had some beautiful feedback from the deaf community and slowly starting to reach those communities, which is really exciting. We're actually the first Australian podcast to to do this, and it's something that we're really proud of. And yeah, we're super grateful for the support that Swiss has given us. And with this sort of 
underlying theme of wellbeing this season, we thought it would be really nice to get someone from Swiss on and, and have a chat about some of that sort of stuff. So Eliza that Kate just mentioned, she is the business manager at Swiss as well as being a qualified nutritionist, yoga and meditation teacher. We'll be chatting to her about some quick tips and general day-to-day health, some immunity boosting tips, mindfulness and <laughs> the complimentary wellness chats that Swiss have to Swiss 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 have to offer as well. So let's get into sharing is caring. Here she is. Eliza, thank you so much for joining us on our sharing is caring segment today. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm really well, thank you. Back in the office and around people, which is amazing. But yeah, so happy to be here with you guys. Bit of normality back, which is, I think, fantastic for us all after the year we've had. Totally, totally. Um, So this is actually our last episode for season two and wellness and wellbeing has been a bit of a running theme that we've been exploring. So we'd like to start off by asking you to share with us One of your top sort of day-to-day health tips that can help create, I guess, a little bit of balance and routine for someone. So interestingly, when I think about healthy habits, and I don't know if this resonates with you guys, I feel like we take an all or nothing approach. And so it's, I drank too much on the weekend, I'm never going to drink again. Or I had some sugar yesterday and I'm never having anything sweet ever again for the rest of my life. Or in the reverse, we implement these habits like unrealistic fitness protocols and things like that that are unachievable and then we really punish ourselves and we don't actually achieve these. So for me, building healthy habits is definitely a bit of a journey and the really small, simple habits are the ones that actually have the biggest impact on your health and your overall equilibrium and and balance, both physically and also emotionally. So The first tip or the first healthy habit that I recommend to everyone and is so simple and almost boring but has the biggest impact on our health is starting your day with a glass of water. Just a glass of water. So easy, so simple, but 80% of people do not do this. They start with a coffee or food or nothing. Okay. (laughs) Soap does the right thing. I don't. (laughs) Seriously. We've talked about this before. Note to self for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and especially water is so amazing for so many different reasons. But if you start your day with a glass of water or two glasses of water, you'll find brain fog, energy, beautiful, healthy skin. So, you know, we spend so much money on amazing skincare. I do as well. But drinking water is going to have a far more bigger impact on your overall, you know, healthy, glowing skin, energy. And particularly, it just starts off your day. If you can implement just that one habit in the morning, it really sets you up to then start implementing some of these other potentially healthy habits that you're wanting to try. So start with one glass, then it might lead to two. And then you never know, you might end up drinking a liter of water before you have your coffee in the morning. So super, super simple. I have one more that I just want to share is starting your day in a moment of silence. So so many of us, and me included, I'm absolutely not perfect in this, will start their day looking at their phone or rushing into the shower or rushing to make breakfast. And you really start your day with this really busy energy and that carries you throughout the rest of your day. So 
silence or a mindfulness practice can look really different for everyone. So it might just be, you know, three deep breaths, you know, inhaling, exhaling for three or reading a couple of pages of a book or, you know, having a quick chat to your partner, just something that really allows you to start your day in a moment of calm, even if it's just three minutes. So super, super simple, just a simple morning mindfulness practice with your glass of water. Yeah. (laughs) Great tips. It's so true. It's so simple. But honestly, like, I think we all just need a reminder sometimes. I'm definitely proud to say that I start my morning every morning with a litre of warm lemon water and have been doing for years. And my body almost craves it when I wake up. It's like the first thing it expects. It, you know, helps get my metabolism going and um, helps me digest my breakfast. And I feel hydrated before anything else. Yeah. And you don't feel like it's a habit now. Like that is just, yeah. it's just what you do. And yes. your skin is amazing. Like look at your skin. It is seriously glowing through a screen. And that's because you're <laughs> hydrated. You. Yeah. Hydration. And, you know, also just finding that little moment of peace too everything. So great tips. Thank you. So a lot of our audience are mums or parents. So when we're feeling a little burnt out, like so many mums and parents are, like supplementing your diet can be great if you know what you're lacking nutritionally, but not everybody does. So what are some simple ways to get just some energy back into your life? Good one. Look, there are so many different things that you can do. And yes, like supplementation is great, but I think that I would probably break this down into three key areas. So mind, movement, nutrition. So mind, again, particularly for parents, and I'm at the age where a lot of my friends have little babies. So everyone's starting to have kids and particularly in that first year, exhausted, don't have a lot of time. So it has to be really achievable achievable habits you can implement throughout the day. So mind can be anything, anything that makes you, you know, that feeling that you get where you kind of just lose track of time and you're super present in the moment. It might just be a five minute walk up and down the street. It could be those five deep breaths in the morning. It could be just calling someone that, you know, makes you feel really good. Someone that you love that makes you laugh for 10 minutes rather than scrolling on your phone as an example. So mind, really, really important to take care of your mind, even if it's just for five minutes. Movement, again, I think that we're pretty harsh with ourselves when it comes to exercise and movement and what that really means. But movement can be a walk. Like a walk just has so many amazing benefits, obviously from an exercise perspective, but also just giving you that time to be mindful and having a moment on your own. Or if you've got little kids, having them with you on a walk as well, because obviously we can't always get rid of our kids. (laughs) So involving them in the process as well. But movement could be a 10-minute stretch, could be a walk. If you do love yoga, Pilates, you know, there's so many amazing apps around at the moment as well. And it's all, you know, short types of workouts. So moving your body every day, whatever that looks like for you, whatever you can achieve. And then nutrition, again, is similar to physical exercise. I think we can be, yeah, pretty hard on ourselves when it comes to our diet. And I like to consider every opportunity that we have to eat a meal is how can you actually elevate that meal to be more nutrition, nutritionist, sorry. So for example, if you go out to the pub and you order a parma and chips, right? Like delicious, just add a little cheeky salad on the side. So at least, you know, you're getting some veggies or with your pasta, maybe you're adding in some carrots and some, and some celery to your pasta. So just considering how you can add more nutrients in every single meal that you have. 
And this is going to have an amazing impact on your overall energy. So if you're fueling your body with good food, you're moving your body mindfully and regularly, and you're also investing in your mental health, you're going to have energy and hydration, water, another one, amazing for energy. Seriously. I have to get on board with the liter of water in the morning, I think. (laughs) Get yourself a Frank Green bottle, not sponsored. Love Frank Green. They do do great water bottles. Makes you drink heaps of water. That movement one also is so important because I've just recently started getting back into doing some exercise after neglecting that for months this year. And I have to say, I've noticed a massive up in my energy levels. Took me a few weeks to notice a difference, but it is worth it. Yeah, and helps you to sleep. You know, you get better sleep because you're kind of more physically tired at the end of the day. Your sleep's improved. And a lot of the time we have low energy because we're exhausted. So sleep is another really important aspect as well. I completely agree with what you were saying too, just by like we put too much pressure on ourselves to think that we have to do like a full hour's workout or like, you know, do do a full on workout, but five minutes is better than none. And it's amazing what, you know, just five minutes of, of stretching can do. So that's, that's an awesome reminder as well. So one of the main reasons we did want to get you on to talk to us today was to share the service that Swiss offers through your complimentary wellness chats. So our listeners know where they can access some really valuable health advice and information. Can you tell us a little bit about this service and how we can access it? Mm, Sure. So all of the advice that I've given today is obviously quite general and we are all bio-individual in terms of our needs, our nutritional requirements. We've all got really different situations. And I mean, I've found it so useful to talk to someone who actually specializes in this area to get that more personalized sort of, you know, recommendation and advice. So we have a team of amazing naturopaths, nutritionists, and dietitians at Swiss. And we have a free service that essentially you just jump on the website, book online, and you can actually get a 20-minute, half-an-hour chat with one of our internal specialists. And they'll talk you through diet, lifestyle, nutritional advice. And they're incredible. And they just love helping. They love helping people in this area and are super passionate. So yeah, just jump on the website. Really easy. Let's quickly talk immune support because living through this pandemic, we're all kind of like germaphobes and a lot more conscious of our immune health. So again, like apart from taking a heap of different vitamins and supplements, what else can we do for immune health? Yes, immunity is such a hot topic at the moment. And interestingly, I personally don't change the way that I eat or behave or practice going into immune immune season. So the reason why I say that is if we think about our health in a more holistic sense, if we, you know, implement daily practices across the entire year, this is what's going to help us to protect our immune system, you know, in times of stress, when it's getting cold, when you've got your kids who are exposed to germs all day at kinder and school, et cetera. If you sort of take the more holistic approach across the year, your your immune system is going to be far more resilient. However, there are definitely people, and this has been me me in the past, where it's like every single winter I get a cold or a flu or whatever it may be, or you've got kids at school or kinder where it's like you're just constantly sick. So there's definitely some routines and practices that you can implement to really help to kind of elevate your immune system protection, particularly at the moment if you're concerned about it. So a couple of nutrients that I would consider are definitely vitamin D, vitamin C and zinc. 
and you can get these through your diet and also spending time outside. So we spend so much time indoors at our computers, you know, working from home. And it's really important that we get vitamin D for our immune system when we get this from the sun. So going outside, just spending more time outside can really help. The other things that I would consider from a dietary perspective is considering going into the winter months, starting to eat more warming foods like soups and, you know, slow cooked stews and bone broths and things like that can really help to, uh, you know, incorporate more nutrients in your diet. And then my last consideration would be thinking about the gut microbiome. So gut health also is such a massive topic. You know, it's, it's everywhere at the moment, but it's because 90% of our immune system actually resides in the gut. So particularly if you're someone that's had to take potentially, you know, multiple courses of antibiotics or you take medication, it's really important to consider diversity in the gut. So the way that we can, there's so many different things that you can do, but consider eating fermented foods like sauerkraut, kimchi, kombucha, things like that, or even consider taking a probiotic just to help to increase the diversity of bacteria in the microbiome can help to protect your immune system. So really, really important. The last thing I'll say about immunity is stress. So stress and your immune system are so closely interconnected. I don't know if you can both resonate with this, but you know when you're sort of burning the candle at both ends and you're so busy and you're exhausted and you've got so much on, super stressed, and it's the worst time to get sick. Always and then the all way. of a sudden you get a flu. Always the oh. way. And it's like, why? Like universe, wrong. As soon as you stop, as soon as you stop. Yeah. It's like, excuse me, universe, wrong time. I need, I've got so much, so much on, but it is literally your body screaming to you to slow down. Like you're so stressed that you've made yourself physically sick. So it's being really aware of when you start to feel that, you know, real adrenal fatigue, exhaustion, how can you fill your cup back up? And so obviously so many of the things that we've already spoken about today can help that. But honestly, I would also consider booking into your doctor and see if you can have a chat with a counsellor or a psychologist, someone that can really help you to invest in your mental health. We spend so much time, so much money investing in our physical health with gym memberships and, you know, amazing food and supplements, but we do neglect investing in our mental health. So having a chat to someone that can help to put in strategies to manage your stress is going to have such an amazing impact on your immune system, which you don't really see the link, but it's stress. Stress is massive for our immune system, particularly at the moment. This year, apart from all the obvious things, I've had a pretty tough year personally. And I've, I've been speaking to Soph a bit about how I started seeing a psychologist and the benefits that I've kind of got from that has been incredible. Like I touch wood, like have not been sick at all. I'm sleeping so much better. And you literally feel like a weight has been lifted off your shoulders when you finish a session. So I am pro that as well. Oh, hundred percent. They're like lifesavers. They, they really are. And it's just talking to someone that, and I think, I think the other thing to consider is a lot of people wait until they are, you know, really exhausted or really stressed, but Prevention is key. Like, you, like I would see a psychologist when I feel good because I want to keep feeling good. It's just being more proactive, I would say, and in investing in our mental health for sure. 
think that's so awesome that you've put sort of put a spotlight on that because I completely agree with with that. Like preventative medicine is or any measures is better than trying to fix something once it's broken. And, you know, there's sometimes like a bit of a stigma around seeing a psychologist or a counsellor or, you know, like you've got something wrong with you, but it's absolutely not the case. And, you know, it needs to be recommended and talked about in a lot more normal day-to-day conversation. So it's a, it's a really great point that you've made. So we would love to keep chatting to you forever, but we can't. <laughs> um, but before Tell we, us more. Yeah, before <laughs> we, I know, seriously, before we do finish up, we would love to just chat a little bit more about mindfulness as this seems to be something everyone is striving to achieve and being a meditation teacher yourself, what are your tips and advice on creating some calm and learning to be more mindful and present in the moment? So again, mindfulness is one of those sort of like buzzwords at the moment that I think when we think about like a meditation teacher or being mindful, we think, oh God, like I can't meditate twice a day and like I can't get up at 4.30 and do sun salutations and like that's just not for me. Mindfulness is not for me. And I mean, even for myself, even though I've done a lot of training in mindfulness and meditation, I still find it really, really hard to meditate every day. So the practice of mindfulness is purely about bringing yourself back into the present state. And the reason why we want to do it is because we don't want to miss out on the incredible things that are happening in life right now. So what mindfulness or a mindfulness practice does, it just limits your mind from spending so much time worrying about the past and things that you absolutely cannot change. Like we cannot change the moment that just happened before. And then in in the reverse, it's fretting or worrying about things in the future that we can't control. So I think particularly at the moment, like that's what resonates with me. It's like worrying about what's happening in the future. Oh my God, like lockdown, all these things. If we have a mindfulness practice, we bring ourselves back into the present moment and we can see what's going on in front of us and really like enjoy life. That's what it's all about. So when it comes to mindfulness practice, like what I normally recommend to people is like if meditation is not for you, then don't try to do it. Like that's that's so fine. There's so many other ways that we can be mindful throughout our day. So for me, it's like I love reading books. I love reading fictional books. So in the morning, I'll do my five deep breaths, just five, and then I'll read a couple of pages of an amazing book. Or instead of like when I finish work, and I'm sure you guys can resonate with this, and I am so guilty of this, finish work and just scrolling on my screen, like scrolling, 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 scrolling. Rather than doing that, going for a walk, going for a run, like some runners, that is a form of mindfulness. Like you are in your body. You cannot escape. You're in your body. You're running. My The last one that I love to do is swimming. So swimming in the ocean. And I don't know if you're both in Victoria, but it is bloody freezing <laughs> at the moment. It's so cold. <laughs> it's like winter. Yeah. It is cold. So that ocean, you cannot get away. The minute you get in, you're present. You're in your body. So It's anything that just allows you to really like, oh, this is me, this is my body. But a simple practice that you can do at any stage throughout the day, particularly if you notice yourself like really fretting about something that's happening in the future or something that you said yesterday, is just like sitting in your chair, like sitting in your chair, back up straight, and then just focus on your feet on the earth. It's like my feet are grounded. Move your toes, like move your toes on the earth. Yep, I'm in my body. 
I can feel myself in my chair. I'm taking two deep breaths. That's your mindfulness done. That's all it needs to be. Super simple. Um, And again, don't put pressure on yourself. It should be, it's all about enjoying what's there, your life right now. So no pressure. You do not have to meditate twice a day for 20 minutes a day. Such nice, simple reminders as well. And there is so many ways of practicing mindfulness. You're so right. Like if something doesn't work for you, you don't have to think that you failed and that you're not, you know, you're not good at it. It's just about finding what's right for you, I think. You know what I've been doing recently? Going out and moon bathing. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) Just sitting outside under the moonlight and like trying to re-trigger my own natural circadian rhythms because like Kate and I talk about all the time, we both have trouble sleeping at different times, both, you know, anxious people at varying stages of our lives. And someone reminded me of this recently. So I've been doing that lately, taking a couple of moments and just sitting under the moonlight and soaking it in. Yeah. Beautiful. Like, <laughs> and, you know, it's the same with the sun. So if you, in the morning, if you put up your blinds and just look at the sun for like five minutes, that is what helps to regulate your circadian rhythms and helps with your sleep and, and wake times. It's amazing what nature can do, but I love that. Do you have your crystals out there with you as well? <laughs> <laughs> I do have a crystal collection, but no, I can't. You don't take them all out with far. you. <laughs> oh, I'm coming over to Moonbake with Moonbake with you tonight. Yeah. So. Yes, please do. Please do. Next Start time we spend a night together. together. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> really freak out our neighbours. <laughs> Eliza, thank you so much for joining us. You're so gorgeous and such a wealth of knowledge and, you know, your approach and, you know, really holistic approach to wellness and wellbeing is an inspiration and, you know, we can all take some of those great tips away that you gave us today. So thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. That was so fun. We'll have to like take it offline and we can talk about sleep and moon bathing. Yeah, I seriously could keep chatting for ages. (laughs) We absolutely should. It sounds like a plan. Thank you so much, Eliza. Pleasure. Thanks, ladies. Bye. Bye. I wish we had the, the time today to have her on for a full episode, but We had so much to reflect back on, but she was amazing. She was a wealth of knowledge. She was lovely, beautiful tips. And now we have come to the time, Soph. It's time to say goodbye for season two. Oh, tear in my eye. It's been real, babe. It's been so real. Well done. Loved it. Well done, us. And I am already getting excited about season three. We have so many exciting ideas. Our brains are like overdrive. Mm. overdrive we've got some yeah great things we want to discuss we've got some really interesting people we want to get on so hopefully we will be back to you very very soon absolutely we won't leave it too long between drinks we love you all we will be back soon love you guys love you so love you, darling bye for now bye. that's it for today Make sure you head to incommonprojects.com.au for the show notes, hit subscribe on your podcast app and follow us on Instagram at Talking In Common or you can check out our Facebook page which is also Talking In Common. Have a lovely day and as always, thanks for listening.